What is up, everybody out there in podcast land? It is your worst nightmare realized. Yes, yet another week of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador de fight. You know you love this show. That's why you tune in every week. <laughs> and, of course, here on November the 9th, 2022, this will hit the morning of the 10th. We will start first and foremost, as we do here throughout the winter, with the NFL. And boy, did we have a wonderful, even though it ended up being a Bears loss, a wonderful, mammoth, fantastic game between the Dolphins and the Bears at Soldier Field this past Sunday. Yeah, it's just a shame it wasn't aired locally. Yes, yeah. Ugh. Had to go out to a local BW3s to to watch it. Um. But we saw a record-setting performance from our quarterback, Justin Fields. Yep, new rushing record for a single game by a quarterback. What did he put up? Was it 175? 178. 178. Yep. Good Lord. Final score, 35-32. to 32. The Dolphins did prevail. Very, very bad non-call late in the game. Should have been pass interference called on your Dolphins. Yeah. On Chase Saw the replay. Yeah, that was that was a classic case of pass interference. Yeah, that they the officials dropped the ball on that one. Yep, but it is great to see Justin Fields finally maybe turning that corner here over the last three weeks. He has been spectacular. Dare I say he has been one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yep, over and the past three weeks, it looks like Getsy has finally tailoring the game call the calls to fit around his skill set so they're rolling him out more designed runs letting him throw the deep ball a little more and of course still have to work on those intermediate throws but yeah and know, they still haven't been able to figure out a way it's only one week haven't been able to really figure out a way to integrate integrate chase claypool into that offense fully yet but Darnell Mooney, I think it helped him yeah, it took having Claypool on the field so they couldn't just focus on Mooney and Komet, too. Komet is finally showing what he showed at Notre Dame, being able to catch the ball and run with it, pick up yardage after the catch. He's finally adjusted to the NFL game. Yeah, now my one complaint is going to be the same one it's been here since – they traded Robert Quinn and then eventually traded Roquan Smith. You did not have to destroy the defense to bring in Chase Claypool and open up this offense. No, you needed some semblance of cohesion on that defense. You needed it up front. They do not have it. Nobody has stepped up into that leadership role vacated by Quinn and Smith yet. And with the guys you're rotating in and out right now, the younger guys, trying to get them game experience going forward, the price you pay is you're going to be in shootout after shootout right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's either going to be, in my opinion, you're going to win 40 of 30 or 35-32 like this game. You're going to either lose games like this or win games like this. Now, this week, they'll probably win. But it's going to be, like you said, a shootout each and every week because you've you basically become, you've basically turned your defense into a tissue, a tissue paper defense. 
is what you've done by taking out Quinn, by taking out Roquan. I'm telling you, Roquan, if they had just paid him the damn money and kept him, would have been the difference maker in that game. Three points. He could have saved us those three points at least. Easily. Look at the impact Easily. he had on Monday night for the Ravens. I'm just telling you. it Eberflus, I know, is doing the best he can. He has been mildly surprising in a good way. Not overwhelmingly great. He's not like Brian Dayball out with the Giants where he's going to be in contention for coach of the year. But he's not... Nathaniel Hackett in Denver either. <laughs> yeah, he's not Matt, Matt Nagy. But polls. Polls is an issue. You guys rip, you haters of my man Ryan Pace. <clears throat> now what do you think about him? Now the man who got us Justin Fields, if this keeps that up, was a I want a full-fledged apology from all of you haters. I'm not apologizing for anything I said about Pace. Even if Justin Fields ends up being the best Bears quarterback we have seen in 30 or 40 years. Pace has had far more misses than hits. And the stupid money he gave out in free agent contracts. No, I will not give Pace. I'll give him credit How for Fields, many but nothing else. franchises out there? Again, I'm jumping the gun. I know that. I'm climbing into the sports frenzy DeLorean and traveling 10 years into the future and projecting off of the last three games, Justin Fields becoming a great quarterback. I know that. But if it happens, I expect an apology. I will not apologize for one damn pick. Franchises out there who have never had a franchise quarterback or have never been able to utilize a franchise quarterback, Detroit Lions, to the extent they need to, I want an apology. I want an apology. Nope. Won't happen. Well, I'll tell you what. Poles better start getting his head out of his ass. And figure out the defense. And I don't care. If he's a puppet, it's either he's a puppet Right now to Ted Phillips and the McCaskies, or he is not a very good GM because I have not liked a single thing he's done. The Chase Claypool move was a no-brainer, but again, a lot of people think he overpaid for him. Yeah, that second round was way too much to have given him. Should have given him the the Ravens second rounder, not ours. Held two to that. But now I did hear what But the Packers wanted (laughs) Claypool as well. So if In that, that sense, is true, we blocked then them. We blocked them. I'm good with it. That is the if one. If we kept caveat. him out of the Packers organization, keeping them from being anything this year, then it was worth it. I agree. That's the one caveat to this whole rant. Is that when I heard that the Packers were going after him, and that might have blocked the Packers by giving up the earlier. Second round pick, I'm okay. Why don't you tell the people about the massive extension that we all knew was coming for the newly acquired Dolphins defensive stud Bradley Chubb? Oh my God, what was it? 110 million? Five year, five years. million extension. Oof. God, where's Miami getting the money? <laughs> They're shelling out a lot right now. 
Yeah, I know. I wish I could be a capologist. Yeah. Um, I wish I could figure this all we out. We will see. I... They're going to have to pay Tua here within the next year to two years. Yeah, they're going to have to. And I do, at what expense? I mean... The way he's playing right now, he's got to be worth at least $30 million a year. Easily. In this market. In the, this market, yeah. Tua, and he, by winning, they've lost when he hasn't been there this year. So he's solidifying himself as the guy that they need. And they're going to have to pay Waddle, too. Or do they let Waddle go since they've got Hill, try and trade him and look at another young receiver but they Waddle, can get on the Waddle cheap? Waddle and Tua, man, they have that connection. I know they do. They have so that how connection. how much are you going to pay for that? So this would tell me that, again. Now, Gasecki is one that will go away. He will go away, Yes. Yeah, so it's obvious look he's at a not young fitting in. into this offensive scheme no, at all. Not, no. And I imagine what they're going to do. And then they're it, running back by committee. It's probably going to stay gonna, in place. They're going to keep that, but I can see them drafting and going on the cheap there. Yeah. So there, this, there are some places they could probably of shave. Of course, now that you've paid Bradley Chubb all this money. You don't have anybody any I money wonder, for defense. Yeah, I wonder how much longer it's going to take, depending on how much of a cap hit they would take. Who's the other big high-priced guy on the defense? Xavier Howard. Stud cornerback. Yeah, how many stud cornerbacks have we gotten rid of over the years? Well, you might have another have one. You might get another one. Ass. Well, you might get another one because that's a lot of money between your quarterback, your two wide receivers, now your stud pass rusher that you just paid, just acquired, and then your star cornerback. That's a lot of money wrapped up in it five is, players. But projecting those, again projecting, a year or two into the future. But those are the key positions that you have to have. I think they're more likely to let Xavier Howard go than to get rid of Waddle. I just think that the bond between Tua and Waddle is too tight. It is. Uh. And then, of course, the shocking Upset game of the week in the NFL. The Jets beating the Buffalo Bills. And on top of the fact that the Jets beat the Bills, now we have a huge question mark hanging over Josh the MVP Allen. to this point. Josh Allen with a sprained UCL. And for those of you football fans who don't know, that's typically the ligament that when it's damaged in a pitcher requires Tommy John surgery. So. And if you've seen or heard, there's footage, on-field footage, of when he threw a ball late in the game. Now, he came back after this and threw like a 50-yarder. But you can see him clutching his elbow. Yeah. After throwing a pass late in the game. And That's, then there's... I haven't seen the footage of this, but I've heard people on the sidelines were tending to him and somebody grabbed his elbow and kind of squeezed and he fell to the ground in agony. They're saying he's day to day right now. Watch out, kids. This could wind up being a little more serious than than they're letting on. When I when I saw sprained UCL, I'm like, oh, shit, Tommy John surgery done for this year. And the better part of next. Mrs. C lighting candles. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the I don't Buffalo think she's Bills made the connection. I told her that he sprained it and it it's not gonna be good. 
Now, of course, in this game, which I found amusing, uh, I knew this was going to happen at some point. I knew this was going to happen at some point. I was waiting for it. One of those stupid-ass sky cams, this time for CBS, broke. The cable broke. Camera fell down. 12-minute delay. Jeez. Of course, I love Robert Sala's reaction after the game when the reporter asked him about it because it it stalled out their momentum. Now, luckily, they were able to bounce back, get right back where they were and win the game. But somebody asked him about, you know, how did you feel after that cable broke and the guys had to sit there and wait and wait and wait? And he said, only happens to the New York Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I heard another story, though. There were people in the stands that got hurt. Oh, from the cable snapping? Yeah. There was a guy, who, came back and guy who called in to the fan uh, early in the week after the game and said he uh, he had to go to the hospital, got a, a couple of broken fingers. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of tension holding those things up. Yeah. And the guy says, no, I'm not going to sue him. What's- of course, the hosts are like, what are you crazy? Sue him. Sue him. Season tickets for life. Yeah. I, I just don't know how to feel about the Jets. I mean, I'm impressed with what they've done so far, but I'm not. I know. They they're... win, but they don't look good doing it. I know we can say that about a lot like of teams. They were like the Giants teams. early. I think I have more faith in the Giants right now than I do in the Jets. This is a weird year. I mean, a lot of underachieving a, teams. You got lot so many underachieving of underachie- teams. And we'll talk about You got a lot of mediocrity of and just a handful of good teams. And even they have some chinks here and there in the armor. Right. Very, very few of those elite teams. I mean, I would even say the Vikings with one loss. Are you convinced? They're not an elite team. I know. Well, I'm not convinced they're even close to the level of the Eagles or the Chiefs. Right now, those are the two. I'd put the Bills up there. With Allen. If I knew Allen was healthy. Right now, I don't know. That's a big question. So I'm saying it's right now you're looking at the Chiefs and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Maybe the 49ers will have something to say before this is all said and done. But that's it in, in terms of the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's very, very few. Uh, Of course, the off-field news that stunned everybody here over the last few days was the continued train wreck implosion. (laughs) That is the Indianapolis Colts. We all knew it was coming. We've talked about it. I predicted this. Thank you very much. Once again, the maestro proves he is not just full of hot air. And Frank, snot, as you can tell. Frank Reich was fired by Jim Ursay, relieving him of his coaching duties with the Colts. And in true Ursay fashion, Jeff Saturday is the interim coach, pulling him out of his ESPN analyst duties to take over. What the hell? Never coached above high school football now listening to sports radio out of chicago they were talking with boomer esiason today boomer was an hour late getting on air with them because he spent an hour and a half on the phone with frank reich 
today talking about very everything. Close. They are really very good close friends. friends. Yep. And uh, what Boomer said is Frank wasn't surprised that Saturday was brought in. He made overtures the last several years to try and get Saturday on his staff. And he turned down the coaching opportunities to spend time with family. And he said, Frank, Frank told Boomer, don't discount him. This guy is a film fanatic. He is smart. He knows this game. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Frank's like, yeah, I had no say in it. And Saturday and I are close. We talked weekly about everything going on. And it's like, I hope the best for him. So Even if, if this works out for Ursay, who next to Jerry Jones might be the loopy, crazy, mad scientist owner of all time in the NFL, even if this ends, he's going to have an adjustment period. Yeah. There's no way he's going to step right in this weekend. And you got your assistant quarterback coach who's going to be calling the plays. Right. Never had that responsibility. And they'd asked Boomer about that. And Boomer said that Frank Reich had confidence in him. He said, I handpicked this guy to be in that position. I can see it working. So I don't know. This is just. It seems like Frankenstein's monster, as you alluded to earlier. And, of course, there's been a couple accusations with regards to this whole mess with the Colts. Number one, are they trying to tank with a move like this? Because, of course, we've talked about how they've gone year after year after year, ever since Andrew Luck shockingly retired just trying to pull in a veteran, an aging veteran, to yeah. get them through for the, a the year. Band-Aid fix. But there's why would you tank this year? There's no standout quarterbacks. Yeah, there are. There are. Well, well according to the experts, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State mm. and Bryce Young from Alabama were the two preseason that everybody was talking about. They were going to go 1-2. But here's the thing. You've already won three games. Yeah. You've already kind of won too much In to really regard. guarantee your the Texans are going to get the number one pick and the Lions aren't going to be far behind. So the Colts, if they're trying to tank, they waited too long. Yeah, for sure. But now the, the other issue, you got to keep in mind, number one, midseason coaching change, interim coach, does not have the Rooney rule applied That's right. to it. A lot of people saying Reggie Wayne is on that staff. Why wasn't Reggie Wayne given a shot? Even if you you want to just exclude that whole Rooney rule argument, John Fox. You've got two former head coaches as your coordinators on that staff. John Fox was a consultant for the Colts. Gus Bradley. Yeah. Now there is speculation I've heard that Ursay and Saturday are close. Maybe Ursay wants an honest evaluation of the team and how things are being run in the locker room. So there could be that piece too to decide on clearing house. Is there anybody worthwhile to maintain? I heard a very interesting comparison, by the way, um, involving a guy you and I both admire beyond belief and think is one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, and that's Dan Marino. 
Remember when Dan Marino was brought in out of the blue to take over football operations for the Dolphins. And he turned yeah. right around after a couple of weeks and said, nope, I'm out. I can't yep. do this. That, yeah. Are we going to see the same thing with Jeff Saturday? Could be. Maybe the organization's so screwed up that they want nothing to do with it, that there is no fixing it in its current state. It'll be fun to watch. Let's put it that way. And of course, since we live in northern Indiana, we'll be force fed the Colts each and every week which is why we couldn't watch the Bears-Dolphins this week. Grr. All right, let's take a quick look at some of the games from last week. The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I, I just love how they are falling apart. And it's not just because I'm a bitter Chicago Bears fan and a true, unadulterated hater of Aaron Rodgers. But I never liked Matt LaFleur as a head coach. I didn't think he was that good to begin with. Now, I do think Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But in terms of his ego and his pseudo-intelligence and all that, he's been pulling out the last couple years. Yeah, that, that pseudo-intelligence was uh, prominently displayed in several. That phrase was used in several articles written over the last couple of days to see the lions beat them packers could only put nine points up against the detroit lions yep and un rogers like three interceptions two in the end zone and he still doesn't take any responsibility it's still on everybody else nothing is ever his fault the ego on the guy, as you said, is just unbelievable. And then this week, and of there's, course. There's readings, the uh, stuff about the his Pat McAfee show thing, the article his about that. His weekly appearance, yeah. The comments under that, everybody calling him Karen Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> well, McAfee's been benefiting from having this exclusive weekly talk with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it was really good for a while. Now you wonder. Now he's like, <laughs> now you're getting the bad. What the hell did I get myself into with this guy? It's just bad. And it doesn't get easier for the Packers, even though they're home at Lambeau. They take on the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that pick probably in segment two, because there will be, as always, an NFL spillage. spillage. We so, don't know what the hell is wrong with the Raiders. Oh, yes, we do. Josh McDaniels. That is the only change made in that team other than the upgrade at receiver bringing Devontae Adams in. McDaniels has been awful for that team. They can't hold leads. No, and now they just released their first round pick from a few years ago, safety Jonathan Abram. Who the Packers just scooped up. Just like the Bears scooped up Leatherwood, right? another first-round pick, they're trying to purge themselves of all the Mike Mayock picks. Which were not horrible, but McDaniel wants his team. And of course, we're referring to the fact that the Raiders blew another huge lead against the Jaguars last week, ended up losing 27-20 to 20 down in Jacksonville. Ugh. <sighs> 
And now, of course, I have heard over the past few days, they're trying to blame this all on Derek Carr now. And there is a moderately easy out for the Raiders after this season, where if they, even though he has an extension, he just recently signed, they will not take a huge dead cap hit if they decide to release him or trade him in the offseason. Amazing. There will be a lot of teams clamoring for David Carr. Derek. Derek. <laughs> I was actually, you know why I said I said David? Because, because I was the thinking Texans. the first team that might go after him is the Texans. Who Wouldn't destroyed be... his brother's career by never putting an offensive line in front of him. Yeah. I was just thinking about, wouldn't, like you were saying, maybe the two quarterbacks that are supposed to be front and center. I mean, obviously Alabama's lost twice. So maybe Bryce Young's starting to slip. We'll see with C.J. Stroud. But if the Texans look at those two and say, we're not really sold on either one of them, why not draft a stud defensive player or a stud offensive lineman if you do end up with that first pick if you're Houston? And then go get Derek. Parlay and pick up Carr. Go get Derek Carr. If Wouldn't that be kind of cool? If he yeah. wants to come down there with the shell shock factor. They'll, uh, it's like but every it's team with the exception of the Lions. entire different regime down there. Every team with the exception of the Detroit Lions and maybe the Cleveland Browns, there are cycles. You go through cycles. Down cycle, up cycle. Down cycle, up cycle. The Texans will get better. They will get better in a couple years. Right now, I they think have they have to. a more promising future than the Colts do. Oh, by far. There's definitely more young talent down there that you can see. The Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith, Pete Carroll continue to surprise. Now, I don't know if this was a surprising win, but hey, you go into Arizona. Going in on the road. Beating a decent, not a great, but a decent Cardinals team, 31-21. Keep on rolling, and now they roll into Germany. Like a bunch of Panzer tanks! (laughs) No, the Germans had the Panzers. Well, then wouldn't they roll into their own stadium? (sighs) They're the Americans going into Germany. (laughs) Come on, they're rolling in the Shermans. I sound like Chuck Belushi in Animal House. (laughs) <laughs> when the what Germans happened when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Don't stop him, he's on a roll. Buccaneers, Seahawks in Germany. 9.30 in the morning, Sunday, kids. Mark it in your calendars, in your phones. Yep, that pick will be coming next segment. Speaking of the Buccaneers, what a boring-ass game. A game that at the beginning of the season looked like it could be a precursor, a preview of the NFC Championship. And now both teams suck. Oh, my God. And now Matt Stafford, for this upcoming game this week, where they host the Cardinals, he's now all of a sudden in concussion protocol. So, I mean, the Rams are a mess. The Bucs aren't much better. If it wasn't for Brady pulling out a really – Old school, Tom Brady, fourth quarter, last two minutes drive, driving down, 
taken the leadership role that he so frequently does. And I, I keep hearing this over and over, week after week. The Buccaneers are the worst running team the NFL has seen in, what, 50 years? Something yeah. like that? That's, that's with Leonard Fournette? That's brutal. I would have thought it would have been the Rams, but everybody's saying, no, it's the Buccaneers are the worst yeah, rushing team. Yeah, they have the worst average. Yeah, I, I think it's even before. It might be more than 50 years. I think it goes back before the Super Bowl era even began. So it's got to be long. It's got to be 60, at least 60 Which years. is saying something because at that time, that's all they did was run the damn ball. And Brady, uh, give him credit. 45 years old, now that the divorce thing is over, could see him come back and play next year. He looks fine. It's just you can't put it all on him. No, you got to give him some kind of a running game. It's Todd Bowles is the problem. Again, the coach is the problem, just like Vegas. Titans put up an admirable fight against the Chiefs. Took them to overtime. Bizarre game. Pat Mahomes puts up tons and tons of yards, great numbers. But again, the Titans figure out a way to control the clock they with the bend, running game. They don't break, yep. and they control the clock. But the Chiefs win 2017 in overtime. Ravens are starting to look a lot better. Gee, their defense sure improved when Roquan joined them. They go into New Orleans, beat the Saints 27-13 on Monday Night Football. So that will wrap up our recap of Week 9. Next segment, we will start off with our picks for Week 10. Dave and I will be right back, kids. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. All right, kids. Segment two of this week's episode, Sports Frenzy 2.0, here recording November 9th, dropping November 10th on Thursday as always. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. And as we promised, spillover for the NFL on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Still on Facebook. Still can find links to each and every Sports Frenzy episode, including the Weekend Edition and, of course, all of our football picks in detail, all eight of our panelists each and every week on our Facebook page. Yep, this go-round, we only have five of our panelists in before taping. And it's not the the late people. Well, Nick is usually tardy. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, Mrs. C's in, but Sam and Doug are notably missing. So hopefully those will be in by the deadline. Yes, I... I but I, we have to make our picks. Yeah, I just... Don't know if we should go find a seedy motel between, you know, here in Michigan that maybe those two are. <laughs> Very odd for those two to be late. Very odd. So we shall see what the excuse is. But again, check the Facebook page here this weekend 
for all our picks. We will get them in come hell or high water. I will track them down like a Wolverine and get their picks tomorrow. Trust me. All right. Let's start off with the Thursday night game. Falcons at the Panthers. <sighs> nah. Dave's, Dave's <laughs> giving me the look. This is another Thursday night. This has another Thursday night crap fest written all over it. Well, you have to remember something. Number one, a couple weeks ago, these teams played in Atlanta, and it turned out to be one of the more entertaining was, games of the year. It was one of the better if games. If DJ Moore had not ripped his helmet off, the Panthers would have won that game. Plus, they had missed extra point. Because of that, they had a missed field goal in overtime. And it's going to be looming large in their minds where they're going to lay another egg. Okay, this time we're outdoors. We're in Carolina. I am the only one of the five picks in right now who says the Panthers will win this game. I've already mentioned how close they were to beating the Falcons in Atlanta, number one. Number two, we've already heard that the owner, Tepper, has put Steve Wilkes, the interim coach, on notice saying he has to do something spectacular to keep this job past this season. Number three, I don't understand why people like the Falcons so much. <laughs> I it's, know they're, it's that they're blowing five, up the Panthers. It's Marcus Mariota, for God's sake. I know, and that kills me because I think Mariota should not be in the league at all. This isn't Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They're all gone. Kyle Pitts, Marcus Mariota can't work him into the offense. We talked about this was Mike Gusecki with the Dolphins. This is another one of my coin flip games. I know I'm losing my lead in our football picks competition. I got out to that big lead, and of course, trash-talking Bill, the Big Blue W. Remember you did this before where you got a big lead, and then you lost it to me. Number one, kiss my ass, Bill! He's Number not bitter at all, kids. Well, Dave is catching me. Slowly but surely over the last couple weeks, and he'll probably end up beating me. That's fine. But there are times when I'm going to make a pick based on my gut. Yes, I will use the empirical evidence to a point, but my gut tells me at home the Panthers will win this game. If P.J. Walker, first time tonight, shits the bed, then they have Baker Mayfield, who actually stepped in last week and played well. Again, I have to look at who they're playing. I don't understand why people are fascinated with the Falcons. It's the ineptitude that usually is the Panthers. That's fine. I'll be on Panthers Island. There you go. You can be there. We've all been on an island this year. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. All right. As we mentioned earlier, the Seahawks and Buccaneers are rumbling into Germany for a Sunday morning game. We have Mrs. C taking the Buccaneers, and the rest of us so far are going with the Seahawks. 
as much as I would love to go with my beloved Buccaneers, they just haven't shown me enough when it comes to moving the ball. The Seahawks are playing way above where we expect them to this year. Again, kudos to Pete Carroll. They're playing, kudos to Geno Smith. They're playing within themselves. They're not trying to do too much. They are who they are, and they're they, and just making the most of, the, of what they have. We all don't want to root for injuries, but in terms of Seattle, one of the best things that could have happened to them was Rashad Penny getting injured so they could put the rookie Kenneth Walker in there, and he has been a beast. Yeah. He you still got two great receivers who we thought before the season started were going to be useless with, with Lockett, Smith. Lockett and, and Metcalf. And now you're starting to see their numbers come up. Fantasy owners starting to get a little happier about those two. Yeah. Smith has definitely got the chemistry going with those two. They figured out what routes to run. So, <laughs> And right now on the, the best day, for the Buccaneers, they might put up 20 points. Seattle Seahawks can, can put up more. Seahawks can do that, yeah. Easily. Uh. This one's tricky, kids, because, of course, we mentioned injury issues are involved. The Vikings going into Buffalo to play the Bills. Huge game. But big but, shadow over it right now. Yeah, we don't know the status of Josh Allen. That could throw everything for a loop with these picks case keenum would be the backup and wouldn't that be interesting the former viking going against his old team not one but two steph diggs yes it would be case keenum and, and stefan diggs, diggs who had been the quarterback receiving tandem in minnesota and of course famous for that miracle in new orleans yep would be on a quote-unquote maybe revenge game. <laughs> Against their former team for the way they were let go. So I, I, we've all, all five picks are in for the Bills right now. And you can say that was made before. Obviously, we don't know what Josh Allen's status is. I still think I the will Bills go on a limb saying. The Bills defense is better. And it's Minnesota on the road in a big game. So we know what that means for Kirk Cousins. He's Second time. Defecate the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they'll win even with Case Keenum. I think it'll be can. a close game as opposed to closer, a, a yes. 10 or 14 point game like I think it would be with Josh Allen, a healthy Josh Allen. But I think Case Keenum can get him through. Like you said, the defense will do their job, do their part. They will step it up. Yep. At home, still the Bills. Ugh. I initially didn't put this one on the slate, <laughs> but after the Bears' performance in a loss and then the Lions actually beating the Packers, I thought, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Let's throw the Lions at the Bears on this one. Give the uh, Maybe that's why the elder statesman hasn't got his pick in yet. <laughs> He's still waffling on this pick. <laughs> now the uh -oh. Lions, it, their, their offense has dialed it down over the last few weeks, but they do still have one of the top by the numbers, offenses in the league. The Bears are starting to climb a little bit with respect to that. Now they have the number one rushing offense in the league, thanks to Justin Fields for the most part. Yeah. I just the Bears it's, are playing so much better right now. I I have a hard time seeing the Lions keeping up with them. I yeah, the Lions offense is sputtering right now. 
there's still no defense, although how bad are the Packers playing on offense right now if the Lions defense held them to under 10 points? So I just don't see the Lions stopping that Bears rushing attack. Nope. In the end, we will eat the Lions kneecaps. (laughs) (laughs) All five of us so far, Bears. Yep. Moving on. The Broncos. God, now I have to take get my boat and sail from Panthers Island to, to Broncos Island. Yep, as the Broncos are going to thunder into Tennessee to play the Titans. Everybody uh, except for me takes the Titans. I know this is a crazy, crazy pick. But again, I have my reasons. I'm sure you do. I do not like this whole Titans setup with Run Derrick Henry. Run Derrick Henry. Run Derrick Henry. And we'll figure out a way to win the game. The the deception from last Sunday night's game. Oh, oh, they went into Kansas City and they went into overtime. And they barely lost to the Chiefs. Did you see the numbers that they gave? That Pat Mahomes put up on them? It was just a fluke that the Chiefs couldn't get the ball in the end zone. It's Russell Wilson who's playing like with garbage. With a bye week, with a bye week to prepare and rest. They did not trade any of their weapons on offense. Yes, they got rid of Bradley Chubb. They brought in Chase Edmonds. Maybe he adds another dimension to that offense. I'm or not saying, maybe not. I'm not saying he's going to do anything spectacular. But that defense is still solid. Even Nathaniel Hackett can figure out. I don't know if it's, <laughs> it's going to oh. be Malik Willis who throws the ball five times a game. Or it's actually going to be Tannehill. You stop Derrick Henry and make them throw the ball. It's Hackett. He will find a way to blow the it. The Broncos finally figure it out this week. They pull the upset. They beat the Titans. Boom. Confetti. Just have your island flood over. (laughs) Give me a game back. It's the Titans. And I was almost on an island on the next one if it wasn't for Mississippi. Yep. Saints at the Steelers. Oh, God. Really, can you expect anything out of that Pittsburgh offense? Have you seen who the quarterback is for the New Orleans Saints? You can't expect anything week out of anybody. Week in and week out, Mr. Dalton will Dalton all over himself. And even if they put Jameis Winston in, if they finally make the change, we all know how consistent and reliable he is. Again, by week, Steelers have had an extra week of preparation. It's not going to They're at home. Kenny Pickett at some point is going to get better. At some point, Najee Harris is going to start running the ball better. Maybe. Losing Chase Claypool doesn't hurt them because they weren't using him in that offense. I wasn't even looking at the Claypool factor on that. They still got They do not inspire anything. They can't figure it out. Steelers will win at home against the pitiful Saints. The Saints will go marching in. Mrs. C agrees with me. The other three picks, including 
this cynical bastard sitting next to me. Those guys go for the Saints. That's right. Cowboys go up to Lambeau to play the Packers. Yeah, that's a no-brainer for everybody. Cowboys across the board. Wasn't a no-brainer. I don't think it's a no-brainer. I'm telling you, as bad, as bad as the Packers have looked, and this is going to sound melodramatic, and I don't care. Even with the vaunted Cowboy defense. Aaron Rodgers, there is a, a, he's like a slumbering rattlesnake. We you know thought, I don't like him. We you know I, I'm reveling now. in his failure. We thought that for weeks now. I know, but at some point, he's going to bite somebody. And this is at Lambeau. we got to remember, the weather is going to start turning bad this weekend. We've been reveling in 70-degree weather here in the upper Midwest. That's coming to an end here in a couple days. Howard Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and CeeDee Lamb going to be able to handle, oh, my God, it's 30 degrees. Oh, my God, where's our comfy AT&T Stadium? I'm just telling you. I took the Cowboys along with everybody else. Maybe it won't be as... But it's going to be closer than you think. We'll see. I will be impressed if it is. All right. Cardinals are going to fly up to L.A. to take on the Rams. Oh, Now, of course, we mentioned there is an injury issue here with with Matt Stafford. That might not be a bad thing for this team right now. Their backup is John Walford. He actually beat the Cardinals a year or two ago. So he's not a bad – it's like the Case Keenum situation with Josh Allen in Buffalo. He's not a bad fallback option, especially considering who you're playing. Right. And let's face it, Stafford has not been playing well. No, again. He's looked like garbage. Might not be a bad thing. Maybe this is the change that they need. Yeah. So instead of pizza, pizza, concussion, concussion. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Rams I at I home. Have, you want to talk? You want to talk about a team that I have lost complete faith in over the last month? Is the Cardinals? Now you got Hopkins and Kyler Murray yelling at each other on the sidelines already. When they were just when, a couple of weeks ago, M- Murray was yelling at the head coach Kingsbury. Yeah, there's chaos running supreme. They never should have given, never should have given Kyler Murray that extension. They, never. No. They shouldn't have given the coach that extension either. Nope. Not so a good Rams fit. for everybody except the big blue. Maybe w. he heard that news right before he sent his picks in. He didn't potentially. But, um. So. The Big Blue W goes with Arizona. We, He's the rest on of Cardinal us, Island at yep, this point. The rest point. of us all go with the Rams. Yep. Now we have the dinged-up Chargers going up to San Fran to take on the Niners. The Bolts lost another player, Austin Johnson, the latest out for the season with a torn MCL and a fractured left knee. Now I'll give him credit. And this goes back to your love affair with the Atlanta Falcons. You picked against my man, Justin Herbert, last week. 
and the Chargers went into Atlanta and won that game without his top two receivers, Justin Herbert won. So why aren't you taking Charger Island this week? Because 49ers, <laughs> the 49ers are a beast. They're they, so now much some better of this, right some now. Some of this has got to do with luck. Again, Trey Lance getting hurt was best thing, thing that could have happened for them. I'm sorry, but it was. They finally got back to their senses, even though they've tried to ostracize him. Jimmy G and the 49ers are like two lovers on a polar bear rug in a remote <laughs> cabin who start arguing and fighting, but they know they're stuck with each other. So just make sweet love, <laughs> get through the season They'll together. They'll make the best of it. And maybe at the end, you'll have something beautiful waiting for you at the end. <laughs> A happy ending. <laughs> wow, Plus, that's Chris, just and then, well, of course, then the knock level. on the door at the cabin. Christian McCaffrey comes in and says, "You want to make it a three-way?" <laughs> <laughs> and of course, everybody's really happy then. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> that's a roundabout way of saying we're all taking the, the Niners. Niners. <laughs> Honestly, though, that. Picking up McCaffrey if he can stay healthy. If he stays healthy. It's going to be them and the Eagles. With that backfield of him and Samuel. Yeah, now Debo's been dinged up. So once they get him healthy and those two finally can work together for a couple weeks, you know, uh, Shanahan can work them into the game plan. You still got Kittle. Somehow he hasn't gotten injured yet this year. Yeah, that's on the Ayuk's, on the horizon. Ayuk's having a pretty good year. Ayuk's back and doing well. I think it's going to end up being the, the Eagles and the Niners. All due respect to the Seahawks. I just think those are going to be the two. Screw yeah. the Vikings. I, the I don't Vikings know how they're doing this. This is smoke and mirrors. You know, it, the, the Vikings is smoke and mirrors. Sorry, I am not trusting Kirk Cousins in a big game ever. We can't. He's burned us too many damn times. He puts up double the numbers Jimmy G does, but what does Jimmy G do? He wins games. All right, kids, moving on to college football. Uh, We're not going to go through all the games last week because it was an absolute disaster for us. It was not good. We were all under 500 on our picks. Yes. 16 games we picked last week. The best of the best bunch of us. Finished at seven and nine. Ouch. And that was it. I, of course, was at the bottom. Well, Bill was technically Bill was the at worst. the bottom. Bill went four and 12. I went five and 11. Along with Mrs. C. And then the rest of us were the seven and nines. Woo. Again, we're not, we're not going to go in detail through all of them. We'll highlight the, the, the big, big games. Of course, Georgia at home beating Tennessee 27 to 13. I just, I don't know why I did not think Georgia was going to be able to keep up with Tennessee. That was on me. Uh, of course, we had split on that four and four among yep. our panel members. Between us, we split that one. So Georgia got it for me. Ugh. But then, of course, at the time, number five, Clemson <sighs> goes into South Bend here. And I said it. I called it. Didn't I? I called that one 100%. Now Notre Dame's ranked. Yep. All the fighting Irish fans are happy. (laughs) Oh, we're so wonderful. God's team is back. (laughs) 
you know, normally you would have thought Notre Dame beating a top-ranked team, it would have been a super close game. No, this was an absolute ass-kicking in all three phases of the game. 35-14. to 14. And it wasn't even that close. I mean, Notre Dame pretty much let them score the two touchdowns in the closing moment, closing, what, second half of the fourth quarter, where they're just kind of just letting the time run out. So Clemson needs to move on from DJ Ungolalele. Ungolalele. He is not Trevor Lawrence. He is not Deshaun Watson. He is and Dabo Swinney is probably just waiting till he can get his next big recruit in at quarterback. So, doubly important for Notre Dame to have won that. They said that it was a recruiting weekend, and they had like forty recruits on campus for that game. There you go. Notre Dame now number twenty in the AP poll. I believe they're also number twenty in the college football playoff poll. Yep, at six and three. Now, they should be able to cruise until the last game at USC. That could be an interesting game. And that could be the difference between a, a New Year's Day Bowl, obviously not playoff, but a New Year's Day Bowl. Yeah, that could have potential playoff implications for USC. Right, right. Definitely, definitely. Um, because right now, as things stand, it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. And when we get to our picks, I think Dave and I are going to tell you that don't plan on TCU being in that fourth slot very long. No. Now that means Tennessee's in fifth. They could jump right back in. They could slide back into that. But then you've got Oregon sitting there at six, and they have been playing fantastic since that opening weekend loss to Georgia. So, And then LSU sitting there followed by USC, Bama at nine, and Clemson had only fallen to 10. I think right now you're looking at eight teams, though. I think that cutoff is Alabama is not getting in with two losses. No. So um, LSU, of course, can now jump into the championship game, projecting ahead against Georgia. So if Tennessee wins out, even if they don't, Obviously, they're not going to get into the championship game, but we've seen this happen before where you can be good enough, not get into your conference's championship game, and still get into that final four. So if Tennessee wins out, there's still a good shot for there's them an opportunity. to get into that final four. Now, if LSU were to knock off Georgia in the SEC championship, then oh boy. Then you've got the clusterfuck of all clusterfucks. Yes. Because you yes, still got Ohio do. State and Michigan. And they still have to play each other. Right. And regular exactly. season. So, so that's why when you said USC, ugly. that was making me think, mm. yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, because you could have a USC-Oregon Pac-12 championship with the Final Four on the line. Yeah, this is this is nightmare scenario stuff for the uh, CFP committee. So we'll see what happens. Yep. You know, maybe I'll finally start watching some college football. Because God knows I'm not watching the Miami Hurricanes. 
Yeah, One of the most embarrassing losses brutal. in Miami Hurricanes history. Oof. At home to the rival Florida State Seminoles, 45-3. Ouch. Miami slips to 4-5. and five, Could still somehow stumble into bowl eligibility. But God help me, they don't deserve it. No, no, they do it, not. You mentioned this, I believe, last week. An injury to your starting quarterback should not push you over the cliff like this. No, there's no reason for them to be that awful. Yeah, they Van Dyke came in briefly, I guess, is my understanding. In the Florida State game, he got hurt again, got knocked out why, early. Why would you have done that? It makes no sense. Of course, the coaching carousel still likes to rotate a little bit, even in the middle of the season. South Florida, USF, fires their head coach, Jeff Scott. Yeah. That's not a terrible job. Any job right now in Florida is not a terrible job. It would be good for a second-tier coach to try to make his name to get up to a first-tier job. Yeah, which kind of like kind of why Scott Frost. Scott with Frost. Now he's rumble rumored to be in the running to <laughs> take over. Come back to Florida. Come back to Florida for that that second-tier run. Somehow, some way, some crazy, stupid kind of way that makes sense. Yep. How right. would Matt Rule take it if offered? No, Matt Rule, I heard, is going to be looking at the Auburn job. Okay. That's right, because they've got more money than anybody else to throw at coaches yeah, and then and get rid of them after I two think it years. was their AD that came out either today or yesterday and basically said, this is a very, very, very critical hire for this entire athletic department. Uh, yeah, that means his job is on the line, too. So, I could see Matt Rule taking Auburn. Uh, and we are taking yet another break. Yep, because it's time for college football spillover. Yep, we will pick our college games for week 11 after this quick promo. And then we'll move on to recap the NASCAR championship. The World Series. We've got a little bit of college hoops to talk about, yep. more messes and more debacles in the NBA. Yep, some crazy moments of stuff silence, in NHL. hockey, it's... dumbasses. We're gonna, I think we're looking at four this week, kids. We, it could be. It could very well be four. four Stay segments. tuned. We'll be back. Yep. Hello, friends. Are you tired of the boring sports analysis you get from the major outlets? If so, join the maestro and the conquistador for a riveting discussion of all sports topics on Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever podcasts are available. Yes, it's that time of year. Spillage on Sports Frenzy 2.0 here. November the 9th, 2022, college football spillage this time. We have got to now go through our NCAA Week 11 picks. We have six 
of our eight panelists with their picks in. Of course, my pick is in for all the games. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height, and all my picks are in. So let's count them down. Friday night, November the 11th, East Carolina at Cincinnati. Bearcats across the board. little shocked by that. East Carolina has done some good things this year, has a, a really solid dynamic offense. This should be a decent game. The but point spread has dropped, but... It's a home game for Cincy. Saturday, November the 12th, the Boilermakers of Purdue go into play number 21, Illinois. Both teams coming off losses. Yeah, that, that that was a bad loss for Illinois. They should not have blown that one. But yeah, and, but you look at Purdue; they got destroyed at home by Iowa. Yeah, and we took Purdue. Yeah, so the hell with Purdue. Illinois across the board for the six. Oklahoma at West Virginia. Two mediocre. Middling. Underachieving teams yeah. in the Big 12. Uh, Mrs. C is on West Virginia Island, Oklahoma for the rest of us. Significant game outside of the Power Five. Number 22 UCF at number 16 Tulane. This should be a really good game. But I think the green wave is going to be a little too much. So. Yeah, we all agree except Mrs. C goes with UCF. I just think UCF has been a little more inconsistent yes. than Tulane. Yeah, Tulane has got their program rolling along pretty well. And let me note right here at this point, the rankings we use when we do these picks are AP rankings. Right. I do not use the college football playoff rankings. So don't send me messages about, you know, those aren't the rankings for those teams. They are in the AP, the traditional. All right, Wisconsin going in to play Iowa. Again, two middling, underachieving teams right now. Iowa's got a good defense. But their offense blows. Wisconsin's okay on both sides of the ball, but they can put up some points. Yeah, they've been playing a little bit better as of late. I think that's the sole reason why I'm going with them. Yeah, but it's a split. Wisconsin for you and me and Doug. Iowa for Bill, Mrs. C, and Aaron. Yes, I just disavowed my team. The Miami Hurricanes in the last segment, but somehow they've made it back onto the slate again in a a game between two vastly underachieving teams in the two ACC. Horrible teams. The point spread is what put this on the slate. They're both so bad. How could the game not be close? Miami at Georgia Tech. Now Georgia Tech just beat. Virginia Tech in another quote-unquote titanic battle Battle of of underachieving, awful ACC teams. So this is Georgia Tech at home. So Georgia Tech for you and me and Bill and Mrs. C. Doug and Aaron going with the Canes. Yeah, I don't think Van Dyke's going to play, so 
I don't know how Miami's going to score points, even against a very, very porous Georgia Tech team. Number 23, Kansas State at Baylor. Kansas State has been stumbling as of late. Yep, Baylor has been playing pretty well of late. So this is another one of those big 12 matchups. They beat the hell out of each other. So Baylor at home for everybody except for Doug, who's taken Kansas State. Speaking of, another (laughs) Big 12 beat-up-on-each-other exhibition, Kansas at Texas Tech. Now, Kansas, of course, came out of the gates surprising everybody like a house on fire. Come back down to earth here recently. Yep. But still playing a lot better than they have over the past decade, I would say. Texas Tech, they're not as strong as they have been in the past, but they're still playing decent ball. So, of course, that means that we split three and three in our panel of the six picks in so far. I have got Texas Tech along with Doug and Aaron. Kansas for me, Bill and Mrs. C. Now, number, number four, TCU. We talked about them in the we, last we segment. We told you. We did not think TCU was going to be at four for very long because this is the Big 12. And they, like we said, beat each other up. And nobody lasts long higher ranked in this conference. And they're going in to play the Texas Longhorns, who have been resurgent as of late under Steve Sarkeesian. They are now up to number 18 in the AP poll. Dave and I say that the Longhorns will win this game. They will not let us down, as they they have on occasion here earlier in the season. Any time you have had a Big 12 team outside those solid Oklahoma teams, they get up there, they get a sniff of it, and then they fall back to earth. Could you be talking about the 40, 50-year-old man with the mullet? Yes, I believe wow, I am. how bad has he really fallen? Oklahoma State, the this last couple year, weeks, oof. been awful. So we're going to have faith that Steve Sarkeesian will be the one to rise above it all with the Texas Longhorns. Yep, this is where the higher-ranked Big 12 team will fall to the lower-ranked Big 12 team that we have seen going on this entire season. Nobody agrees with us, though. Nope. We've seen the patterns. Bill, Jen, Doug, and Aaron going with the higher-ranked TCU. Number 15, North Carolina at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, another team that was on a roll up in the top 10 a couple weeks ago. And they have... Mac Brown has got North Carolina playing very, very well. Only loss they have got, I believe, is to one particular local team. Yep, they lost to Notre Dame. So, it is... North Carolina for everybody so far, except for Doug, who's taken the Deacons. Texas A&M, of course, a travesty of a story this year. Nothing going right for Jimbo Fisher. 
had the best team money could buy. I mean, <clears throat> the best recruits. And how many of them now have been suspended? <laughs> and now that I nothing heard, is going. I heard right. there's a flu outbreak now among Texas A&M. Yeah, they lost. Cadillac. The number two linebacker in the country who committed, decommitted from them. Yep. It's just mass chaos. Yeah, they don't have any kind of offense to speak of. Um, they barely could beat Miami, if that tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> so Auburn trying to get back to bowl eligibility with Cadillac Williams now as the interim head coach. We talked about the rumors that Matt Rule could possibly be in line. But Auburn for you, me, Mrs. C, A&M for Bill, Doug, and Aaron. How about this? Three weeks ago, we never would have thought this. But now all of a sudden, Florida State might be back. They're ranked 25th in the AP poll, going into play up at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, who looked phenomenal playing a tight, close game against Clemson at Clemson a few weeks ago. And then falling at home to Notre Dame. Syracuse is kind of stumbling along right now while Florida State's resurgent. Florida State for everyone except for Doug, who's taken the orange. Then finally, our requisite West Coast game. We got to give some love to those smaller conferences out there. San Jose State at San Diego State. This typically is a really good, good game. Looking at the stats, the team stats, the numbers to me indicate San Diego State deserving of the two-and-a-half-point spread that they've got in their favor right now. I go San Jose State, so does Dave, and Doug is with us, and Aaron is with us. Bill and Mrs. C taking San Diego State. Should be a decent game. There you go, kids. Those are our college picks for the week. Time to move on. We've got a couple sports that are wrapping up for the year. We've had the championships. They're done and over with this past weekend. We'll start with America's pastime, Major League Baseball, where the Astros took out the Phillies. Six games. Looking a little shaky there early on. But then the Astros... Do what the Astros do. Yep. Astros stepped it up when they had to, including the combined no-hitter That was in impressive. Game 4. Of course, that was something that happened right after we'd finished the last episode. So Never fails. Never fails. Thursday, late Wednesday or Thursday, seems to be when all the major sports headlines hit, and we have to wait a week to talk about them. So, of course, Game 4, the combined no-hitter, started by Christian Javier, I believe three other pitchers. Yep, and just relief right on through. Now, of course, criticism of why do you pull him? His pitch count wasn't that high. The metrics came into play. Yep, so of course the the first no-hitter since Don Larson, but of course not solo one pitcher. No hitter like that. Yep. And of course, game five, Astros hang on, win three to two. 
and Justin Verlander finally gets his first World Series victory. Congratulations and, to him. And then game six, they win again, four to one to <clears throat> seal the trophy at home. MVP Jeremy Pena had a phenomenal postseason overall. Rookie of the year should be rookie of the year. Of course, awards will be handed out here within the next week or two, I believe. Yeah, I think next week is when they start announcing everything Monday through Friday. Dusty will be returning to the bench after getting his first ring as a manager. Good for him. I'm glad. You know, <clears throat> I, I, I'm sure back after he left the Cubs, I harbored a little bitterness. But he is a manager who has learned from his past mistakes and has grown and has become a solid, solid manager. Oldest manager ever to win a World Series. Of course, this was the second least watched World Series of all time. The way things are going with baseball, it doesn't surprise me. I hate to say it. Dave and I both grew up with baseball. We both still hold a certain level of fondness for it in our hearts. But again, baseball is a team. You root for a team. You follow a team through 162 games. You don't care, Dave White Sox, me Cubs. We don't care about what happens. Oh, I thought you were going to say you Tarzan, me, Jane. Yeah, no. <laughs> we don't care about the Mariners so much. We don't care about the Angels. We don't care about the Texas Rangers or the Miami Marlins. No. It's not like pro football. When you watch the NFL, you watch that Thursday night game coming up tomorrow night, we'll yeah, still no. end up watching the Panthers and the Falcons. Right, because for whatever reason, NFL football, it doesn't matter where you are, you watch the game because it's always exciting. And most every other sport is regional or city by city. There's no real national appeal for any other team except your local heartfelt team. And that's you can say that for the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I can't say that I watched more than out of the six games in the World Series. I maybe watched a grand total of two hours. Yeah, I so watched a little bit a of game. A little one. less than one game. I didn't even watch the final game. Yeah. I didn't see any of the combined no-hitter. Yeah. There were just two or three games. I caught an inning or two here and there because I was out and it was on. Yeah. And again, I hate to say that because there is a part of me that does really love baseball. But again, number one, the guy who's running the game sucks. Rob Manfred's awful. He's a moron. As much as I and as, I like some of the changes they're putting in, they're starting to over-legislate the game, changing too much about the game. And this goes all the way back to the COVID games when they started that stupid have to put a man on second and extra innings. I know they're getting rid of it now. Oh, we're going to run seven-inning doubleheaders, right. blah, blah. And so now you've skewed all the numbers for all these years 
from basically 2020 to now where, okay, so what did we have? Did we change the baseball? Did we have a pitch clock? Did we have a DH in the American League and the National League? How many no-hitters did we were thrown the in shift? seven inning games? Right. How many of these extra inning games, how much? How many of these pitchers' numbers, these batters' numbers were skewed because of the runner on second and extra innings? So it's not the pure game it used to be. And, yes, I know you can say it was tainted all the way back with the steroid guys, but – who are, by the way, now starting to become eligible. For the contemporary ballot. Yep. <clears throat> Whatever. So, Whatever. Again, hope springs eternal with baseball. Wait till next year. So we're going to get to our teams here in just a minute. Do want to bring up a couple other points. Uh, number one, kind of interesting that Philadelphia ends up becoming the first city ever to lose two major sports championships in the same day because they also lost the MLS Cup. Can you really consider that a major sports championship? We don't, but the world does. <laughs> soccer, you know. Still trying to get that soccer pushed through here in America. It just isn't happening. <laughs> 30 years later, after they tried to push it on us in high school, Dave, still trying. But the Union, Philadelphia's team, lost in the MLS Cup final. So, kind of an ignominious mark for the city of brotherly love. Yep. There hey, you, you go. still got the Eagles, guys. You still got the Eagles. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Of course, free agency begins officially. Since this drops on Thursday morning, it will drop 5 o'clock this day. Free agency begins. The silly season of baseball begins. Don't expect, you know, you have everybody, all players, opting out of their deals. We Don't expect it. anything right off the bat. No, usually it wait, they, they wait until December before the really big deals start. And then the guys who don't make that first tier of free agency where they're asking for a ton of money, their agents, Scott Boris! Or asking for a ton of money. Teams will wait them out until January or February yep. and have them After the drop winter their meetings, prices. Once that initial surge of stupid money requests goes away, then the dealings really begin. Yeah, now we did have one. You're going to have one or two guys panic. Well, Aaron Judge will get signed early. I can't see that that bidding war will be fast and furious, and, and the ridiculous. number will go up and up and up. DeGrom might have to wait. I could see somebody making him wait, a couple teams, because yeah, of the injury history. Yeah. Carlos Correa is the other major name out there. Yeah, now he was one last year that had to wait and yeah, wait he and waited wait. and waited. I don't think he'll have to wait as long this time. He's not going to get a mega deal, but I think he'll get a healthy contract. He'll get a decent deal. In December. Speculation, the Cubs might be trying to go all in on him. You know who I want for the Cubs? Trey Turner. I want Trey Turner. I want a goddamn leadoff hitter. I want a table setter. That you know, I good. still think this whole launch angle 
exit velocity stuff. My God, just let the guys hit. You saw how bad screwing with hitters' swings affected the White Sox. We had the big boppers. We didn't have anybody get to 20 home runs. 17. Yeah. Right, Vaughn was the highest. Vaughn was the had. highest with 17. Because La Russa in his freaking senile mind, trying to be kind of <laughs> nice here. It's explicit, Dave. Go ahead. The fucking moron, <laughs> the senile old coot, wanted all these home run hitters to become single and double hitters. And you saw the offense plummet. That's not what those hitters do. You screwed them all up. Yeah, you've got guys who should be hitting for the fences. You've got guys who should be trying to get on base for those guys. Yeah, and you've got anybody in that lineup can hit a home run at any given moment when the situation warrants it. You know when to try to swing for the fences or when you want to try and drive a run in. And you take what the pitcher gives you. When you're being coached to hit differently, that makes a big impact on the team. I want to hit the White Sox up here because they've had a little bit of activity over the last couple of days. But we did have one big signing even before he could become a free agent. The New York Mets lock up their closer, Edwin Diaz, to a record contract for a closer. Five years $102 million. Oof. So, wow. That sets your market for closers. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. That's crazy stuff. Now, of course, your White Sox pick up Tim Anderson's option for yep. 2023, $12.5 million. And we've discussed, I'm open to trading. Now, of course, two guys, one did not accept or did not. AJ Pollock his opted option. out. Right. So he's a $5 million buyout to go away yeah. or at least renegotiate. renegotiate. And then Josh Harrison, they did not pick up the option no. for him. So he gets a one and a half. So six and a half million dollars to, to go goodbye. away to those two. I would love to see Pollock come back and play right field every day. That's what we need. I would love to see Jose Abreu come back. The way they're just saying, cutting bait with him. It's a travesty. It's a slap in the face to him because of the pay cuts he took to stay with them. And he's still productive. He is still a great first baseman. He is a leader and a voice in that clubhouse that you can't lose and they're willing to just let him walk away. Yeah, see, it's been really quiet from what I've it's, seen. And you've got more of knowledge of what's going on with the White Sox than I do. But overall, following baseball in general, it's been very quiet that I've seen when it comes to anything with the White Sox and Abreu. Yeah, that's because they're they're just willing to let him go. And, and that sucks. That is the worst feeling in the world. Now, of course, I have a little I bit mean, of we've hope. We've been there with Carlton Fisk when they just out and out released him on a road trip. They couldn't even wait till they got back home. He had to fly home alone after being released unceremoniously. 
then after the 06 season where they just let Thomas walk and then still showed the next year that he still had something left in the tank. I mean, these icons with the organization, the way they treat them. And this is a team that's loyal to a fault within the leadership. And it sucks as a fan to see these players thrown away like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been there, done that with Rizzo, Schwarber. Now, hopefully we can maybe. I know they won't do it because he's too old now. But with Rizzo opting out with the Yankees, kind of be nice to see him take a curtain call with the Cubs. But I agree. I agree. It's cold, calculating business, but sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense because... Especially when the players are still productive and want to still be... They're trying to do the be, Belichick thing. They they're, want they to be with their organization. So smart. We're going to get rid of the player one year before they fall off the table instead of one year after. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, real quick. A couple minutes left. Talk about hockey. Of course, your Blackhawks, you can be the judge of a 5-5-2 five, five, and two record. Is that they're good, better, bad? They're better than I thought they were going to be, but it's still a rebuilding phase. And it is what it is. I'm not expecting great things out of them. So, and of course, the big headline this week out of hockey is the awful, awful incident with Evander Kane here recently over the last few days. Yep, left because he got tangled up with another player from the other team. His arm, wrist cut by a skate blade immediately off the ice into the locker room and off to the hospital. Three to four months he's going to be out. There had to have been some serious muscle and tendon damage in that forearm wrist area for him to be out that long. And, of course, that's going to do some severe damage to the Edmonton Oilers' hopes when it comes to getting in the playoffs or making a run for the Stanley Cup. But, yeah, I thought the same thing. When I first heard it, I thought, okay, hopefully the blood loss is not bad stitch him up, get pressure yeah. on it, get him to the hospital. But then when I there's, heard today that it's three to, to it. four months, yeah. yeah, then I started thinking like you were thinking, tendon damage, muscle damage. Yep. So, and then you've got two game suspensions for uh, Panthers star Matthew Kachuk for poking the Kings goalie Jonathan Quick in the face with a stick. It's not to Kachuk's first go round with discipline, well-deserved there. Then the Canadians had a two-game suspension for their forward. Oh, God, what's his first name? Anderson. Josh Anderson for uh, boarding the Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petriangelo. So, again, somebody who's been there before for cheap shots. And then probably one of the other bigger news stories in the NHL out of Boston with the Bruins. Yep. With that whole get, signing. Going to have to get negative now. Mitchell Miller, who was drafted by the Coyotes and then released. And then Boston thought, well, we'll try it. But the outcry against him 
forced them to cut ties. And even the commissioner, Gary Bettman, says, I don't foresee a time where Mitchell will be playing in the NHL. Why, you ask? <sighs> Starting in second grade, Mitchell and another of his classmates from second grade through middle school bullied and abused a developmentally challenged child who was African-American ongoing for at least six to eight years. This isn't, oh, a one or two time incident where it was taken care of. No, this is a serious problem pattern of behavior that it's unacceptable. Could he have grown up by now? Potentially, but he was never held accountable at any point. Yeah, and I, I always have issues with this because a lot of people will always say, well, he was too young to know better, too young to know right from wrong. The I, last I incident when I he can't got let that slide. I the can't. last time when he really got in trouble and there was some accountability was when he was 14 damn years old. There's a problem with his parents, too, for not taking any action as yeah, well. Obviously, the parents. This entitled little bastard. Parents need to be held accountable for that, for not recognizing the problem, obviously. And not dealing with it. He was a sociopath. Yeah. All right, Dave and I are going to be right back for segment four. Hang with us, kids. Hey, kids, ready for a blast of dairy goodness? Pick up Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk at your local grocery store. Remember, when you drink Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk, you're not only enjoying a healthy treat, you're helping to locate missing sports heroes of the past and present. Our cartons and jugs feature pictures of Peng Shui, Ryan Leaf, and Sammy Sosa as we do our part to find the lost icons of the last 30 years. And don't forget our special weekend edition chocolate milk containers available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts because they feature celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Helen Hunt, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Pick up a gallon today. It's the bonus fourth segment, kids, here for Sports Frenzy 2.0, recording November 9th, 2022, dropping November 10th, Thursday as always. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. We may not have to go for going forward now that uh, Major League Baseball and NASCAR has wrapped up. So anytime we have everything, football always takes precedence. And we can go on forever. So, And then we really don't even have to talk about basketball. <laughs> no. We'll mention something here and there. But NASCAR wrapped up the championship race at Phoenix this past Sunday. Congratulations to Joey Logano. Fairly for, dominant victory. Yes. Wasn't the top car all day. Well, yeah, the pole. Yeah. Posted almost one point away. Again, I know they don't count stage points for the final four drivers, but if they had, he, he was one met. point away from perfect. Yeah. 
just an incredible run for that team. They had one hiccup on a pit stop that pushed him back, but they rallied and dominated. Well-deserved second championship for them. They fought like crazy for it. Congratulations! That I yeah, mean, again that's... wasn't wasn't an exciting race. Honestly, no. it was it was pure domination. Ross Chastain made a little run there in the third segment, um, but that was about it. Yeah, that he got saved by that last caution because the time before his team screwed up a pit stop that put him back, and then Christopher Bell. That last pit stop hosed him, took him out of contention when his rear tire changer's finger got caught up in the hub, changing the tire. They had to back it off to get his finger out, put it back on. The tire, not his finger. (laughs) (laughs) Put him back to 15th on that final restart. He couldn't climb any higher than 10th. And then Chase Elliott. Got cut down in front of Ross Chastain on a restart and got spun and screwed up the handling of the car. Yep. Really disappointing run for chase. Of course, those four Logano, Chastain, Bell and Elliott were the four contending for the title. Good run for Ryan Blaney. Penske. Yes. Penske in general dominant on the day. Logano Blaney go one, two at the end. So I agree with the conquistador and concur Congratulations on a impressive season and an impressive championship for Joey Logano. Now, it was kind of nice watching the broadcast. Seemed different. Something about it seemed different. A little bit more professional. A little bit more give and take. and and Oh, that's right. Steve LaTarte's appendix almost burst. <laughs> so, so he, he wasn't could, there. He wasn't there. The blowhard. The blowhard wasn't there to take up 90% of the mic time. Yes, the – yeah, it, it was so nice not to have Latart in the booth. It was the most enjoyable NBC broadcast of the season. Dale Jr. and Jeff Burton got a little more airtime. Yeah. You know. Showed what they actually can bring to a race broadcast. Yep. Show that they do know what they're doing up there. So that being said, we hope Steve Latart pulls through okay. Yeah. And best wishes for him and his family. Yes, the the Tony Romo of NASCAR booth. There you go, man. There you go. The guy who just won't shut up. Yeah, I was thinking about this when when uh, I realized he wasn't in the booth, and then I heard why, and I was just starting to think about it. You didn't hear the. St- Stupid analysis. Well, the thing was, I was trying to think of who would I actually NASCAR, baseball, you know, football. Who would who would be in the booth that I would have to mute a game for? And I came up with Latart, Bob Costas, <laughs> Tony Romo, Gus Johnson. There you go. There you go. Now. They say about athletes, the will to continue, the will to win never goes away. We've seen it with Tom Brady in the NFL. Well, Jimmy Johnson is coming back, at least partially. Yep, he's retiring from full-time racing. 
He's got some bucket list races he wants to do. Including Daytona. Including coming back for Daytona. There's some a handful of right. NASCAR races about he's going to run. About five about is five. what I've heard. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few off-road races that he's going to do again. Uh, he really wants to run Le Mans, the 24 hours. And he's probably going to be tabbed as one of the drivers for that Hendrick experimental car that they're going to get in. But now... The twist in all of this is when it comes to the cup driving in the handful of races, he's not going to be driving for Hendricks. No, he's not. He has he, got an ownership stake in Petty GMS. Yep. So he is going to be the part owner driver for what he wants to do. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, we had championship weekend continue across all of nascar uh we had ty gibbs win the xfinity we're gonna do the early moment of silence here for his dad coy gibbs son of coach gibbs hours after celebrating his son's xfinity championship dies in his sleep 49 years old. The same age as his older brother who passed away from complications from cancer. So heartbreaking for the Gibbs family and everybody. Just thoughts and prayers for them. And as, as sad as it is for Ty to lose his father, and of course 49 is way too young to go, but the one thing as a father for Joe Gibbs, for coach. Losing you two never, sons. You can never fathom losing sons or daughters before you pass. That's just the ultimate in tragedy and heartbreak. Yeah, just unbelievable. And a final note in NASCAR before we move on. Um, well, Z Zane Smith wins his first truck series title. So we'll just finish that up. Yeah, to me, the truck series and the Xfinity series don't matter. I don't yeah. care. But still. It's, it's minor leagues. Minor leagues to me. Are we going to start rattling off who won every no. double-A and triple-A championship we in baseball? Could if we wanted to. Shut up. Shut up, Dave! You got these guys are starting to move up in the ranks. These are your drivers of the future. So why don't we go see minor league baseball all the time? Because I don't want to have to pay major league beer prices at a minor league game. <laughs> That's why. Speaking of big time prices, Dave's mentioned, of course, at the beginning of the segment, this is dropping Thursday, the 10th of November. So I will say today, tickets go on sale for the Chicago street course race. Packages. $465 for the two-day event. They're saying later on, they might be possible to get two-day general admission tickets. Those will only run to 270 But again, Bull crap. Chicago's involved, so you knew this So was... you know they want their pint of blood. 
they're going to charge an arm and a leg to get you in there because they got to pay all the union guys to shut everything down. They have the highest freaking tax rate anywhere to begin with. Chicago is not an inexpensive place. It's going to be one of the most expensive places you're ever going to visit. And even if you get a reasonable room rate, <laughs> double it because that's what the taxes are going to be. Yeah, I saw those prices this morning. Um, and I was like, I know I've never been to a NASCAR it's race. It's a freaking NASCAR race. It's I did not, not Formula One over in Europe. I was going to say, I, I don't recall ever hearing about ticket prices being in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars like this. It's absolutely stupid and asinine. Speaking of stupid and asinine, let's move on to the NBA. <laughs> where, of course... They still can't get out of their own way. We'll continue our discussion here of Kyrie Irving that we started last week. Dave and I said, when are there going to be repercussions from Adam Silver? When are there going to be other players to speak out? When are we going to hear more about penalties and fines? Accountability. Finally, and it still frustrates me even thinking about it. It took three different times for Kyrie Irving to get in front of a microphone and not apologize yeah. before everybody finally said, maybe we need to do something. Yeah, think the guy is a freaking head case. He's an immature <clears throat> individual who only cares about himself. So now, finally, as everybody starts to partially come to their senses, the Nets suspend Kyrie Irving for, quote-unquote, at least five games. Now, there are supposedly a – there's a list of a lot of different things he has to do, qualifications he has to meet in order to be reinstated. Rumblings are – those were all put into place because they know he is not going to follow through on all of them, which gives them an out to cut ties with him. Now, the one thing we did talk about last week that hit while we were taping, and you had the update because it happened literally while we were recording our episode last week, was the money. The money they were giving to the Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. Good for the ADL. The ADL said, we don't want your damn money because you won't apologize. Exactly. You won't decry and denounce anti-Semitism. So we don't want your $500,000. We want contrition. Good for them. Take accountability. They were the first ones to finally start making some sense of this. Now, Nike... Of course, paragons of virtue that they are <clears throat> said they have suspended their relationship with Kyrie Irving and will not be launching his new shoe. Oh, and the world Ooh, stops turning. Gee. Then, of course, we talked about how the Nets were going to make another mistake <laughs> hiring disgraced Celtic suspended head coach M.A. Udoke. 
Yep, trying to bring him back into the fold. Then they just but, came out and they said, we're just going to hire our interim coach, Jock Vaughn, full-time now. That is probably the sanest, smartest move the Nets have done without causing a huge issue at the outset. I mean, it was dumb to be rumbling to go after Yudoku with everything going on there. I mean... To even entertain that thought with everything with Kyrie. Yep. So let's have an anti-Semite and a misogynist as coach and star player. Sure, what the hell. (laughs) Everything that everybody's up in arms for, let's just double down. Unbelievable. Now, of course, the Nets, believe it or not, shocking, are not the only NBA team dealing with morality issues. The San Antonio Spurs last week waived their 2021 overall number 12 pick, Joshua Primo. Initially, word was that Primo made it sound like he was one of those troubled snowflake souls who had trauma issues in his past that he needed to work through. That he needed counseling. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out that the Spurs were jumping on an issue, unlike the Nets, who let the Kyrie Irving thing drag on and on and on, the Spurs were getting in front of this problem because it turns out that Joshua Primo had exposed himself at least nine times to a team counselor. Who reported it time and time again, and the team didn't do anything to stop it except for not renew her contract. Really? Really? I've always they thought, need to be held accountable as a team by the NBA. Yeah, and they snowed me too, because I had always thought for years and years the Spurs were one of the more well-run, more virtue. I don't want to say virtuous, but, you know, one of the more straightforward stand-up organizations in the league. And they cover this crap up and allow this. Well, and then, of course, you start getting Greg Popovich spouting off about politics when he should just keep his mouth shut and worry. Gee, Popovich, maybe if you worried less about politics and focused on your own damn team and some discipline within the organization. We'll see how this plays out with Spurs. Minimum first-round draft pick should be taken away from them. All right, time to move on to moments of silence. Of course, we mentioned Coy Gibbs. Also have to mention the greatest punter in the history of the NFL. The great Ray Guy passed away this past week. Another stellar football player, two-time champion with the Washington Back then, Redskins. Yep. 82 and 87. I believe he would have been playing for Joe Gibbs. Yes, yes, he would have been. Dave Butts passes away. And then staying in football for all three of these. Uh, The son of former Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer. Yep, Adam Zimmer their former Vikings defensive coordinator. Currently working with the Bengals. Yep. 
there is some scary stuff involved with this story. Uh, I was going to bring it up last week because he had passed away, but now more details have come out. It appears that he might have, and again, this is speculation, he might have been drinking at home. Fallen. Hit him because when they found him, he was passed out on his sofa with with a massive pool of blood swelling around his eye. Yeah. So it could have been he fell, hit his face on something, causing a severe rupture within the brain and managed to get himself to lay down and yeah one of those Ugh. brain bleeds wow we've we've seen too many of those unbelievable um yeah we've seen a lot a lot of the time stuff like that in rock and roll um but skiing accidents tend to bring a lot of those too yeah All right, as we always do, time to pivot. I don't know if Dave has any, but I have four dumbasses this week. I've got a couple. Let's let's see who we have. First up, we have talked recently about cheating in chess. Vibrating anal beads? (laughs) Oh, yeah, and now... A cheating scandal in professional cornhole. <laughs> God, these, th- this one is unbelievable. As they call it, bag gate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People bags... playing with shriveled bags. <laughs> I'm not going to explain. I am not going to explain the, the game of cornhole to you guys. If you're in the sports frenzy audience, God damn it, you should know what cornhole is. The bags supposedly in this cheating scandal were either too light, too narrow, but they were not quote-unquote regulation. Yep, so the losing team filed a grievance. And of course, well, if we're going to test the winning teams and find them in violation, we have to do due diligence and make sure the accusing team is playing by the rules as well. And they weren't! Sometimes you need to learn to keep your damn mouth shut. So we go from a couple weeks ago with weights and fish. Yeah, we had the fishing scandal too. You're and right. now we've got the cornhole scandal. Come <laughs> on, people. God. Seriously, this is ridiculous. Weights and fish, thin cornhole bags, and vibrating anal beads. <laughs> You can't make in this sports, up. In sports, we wouldn't otherwise talk about. <laughs> Only in the dumbass segment. <laughs> hey, Brett Favre's back in the dumbass segment, isn't he? His backed drug company is coming under fire because the nasal spray and the cream that they've been developing to help offset concussion symptoms does not do what they claim it will do. And they also falsified their NFL Players Association affiliation because they had given these products to a former player who had been on the Players Association committee. He coaches a peewee team. 
that they had given these to for a trial. One, why are you giving it to kids on a trial basis? That really pisses me off. That's dumbass part one. Two is claiming an NFL affiliation. Absolutely garbage. False, false advertising. And the money they got from Farb came from that whole government money that was supposed to go towards the non profit that yep. whole nonprofit fiasco that Favre siphoned money off. He gave it to these guys. Two so, million dollars. This just keeps $2 million getting better two and drug companies. better. Unbelievable. Brett, how are you going to look in prison stripes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh think they're going to let you wear Wranglers. No, no, <laughs> in the big they're house. not. <laughs> Oh, All right, now, God. I don't know anything about rap music. You know this. I am not a rap music guy. So if you tune into the Weekend Edition, please do, by the way. This week, Dave and I will review music from Bush and review movies like Barbarian and See How They Run. But I know nothing about rap music, so we never review rap music. I'm sorry. We just don't. I don't like it. Dave, I, of course, wears a clock around his neck, so. Yep, I got the grill going. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm more tolerant of some than you. Now, there's this guy, Meek Mill, right? I think he's a rapper, what some say unjustly incarcerated or whatever. I know he's got his street, street cred from being in trouble. There was a whole free Meek Mill thing, and he, he got out. So now he's a big celebrity in the Philadelphia area. Right, I guess he showed up to cheer on the Phillies, and they lost. So he was at a couple nights ago, big game between the Sixers and the Suns. Well, Meek Mill, of course, because he's a big <clears throat> local celebrity, thinks he can do no wrong. <clears throat> well, he gets front row seats. He gets those nice courtside seats. Problem is, during the game, Meek Mill decides to stretch out. <laughs> Who did and he, he takes the referee down. <laughs> because, of course, the game's going on. The refs are trying to keep up with the players. Right. And Meek Mill's Just stretching his legs to out. stretch out. You cannot put your feet anywhere near the court, dumbass. Anybody with half a brain knows this. Finally, I know Tuesday, it's passed. It was election day. However you feel about the elections, wherever you are, that's on you. You can discuss it with your friends and family. But I want to point out one thing from my final dumbass. <clears throat> and he's a usual suspect here on the Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. See a story here Monday. You know, some of these, Pennsylvania was a hotly contested, you know, race between Fetterman and Dr. Oz. And I was sitting there going, when I saw Oprah stick her nose in and endorse Fetterman, I said, well, what the hell is she doing? What what has she got to do with Pennsylvania? It's a democratic said, thing. Well, plus she does have a background with Dr. Oz. Right. So I'm like, okay. She made Dr. Oz. 
But then I hear in the Georgia Senate race, we have found out who LeBron James is endorsing. I'm like, why do I give two rip shits about what LeBron James thinks about the Georgia Senate race? Does he live in Georgia? Does it impact him? Let's no. have a He's either Ohio or California. Or California. Who gives one rat's fuck what LeBron James thinks about what's going on in the Georgia Senate race? Is this where we're headed now? Where celebrities get to spout off about states where they have no influence, no residency, no impact. Well, yeah. Because Bullshit. they're celebrities. And Bullshit. everybody needs to do what they say. Horse crap. Ignore these pompous, overpaid, egomaniacal psychos. Make up your own damn minds. Don't be lemmings. Unfortunately, we'll probably have more of this stuff on the weekend edition because, That's again, what happens. this one's an athlete, but we've got regular movie star celebrity types yep. that we'll have to discuss on the weekend edition who had to be ass bags about the election day events here a couple days in the past. Yep. So I have one final dumbass, giant safety, Xavier McKinney. The Giants were given had the bye week. They were given a week off. So he decides to go down to Cabo with the family. And he's riding an ATV, which he flips and winds up hurting his hand. So he's going to be out a few weeks breaking his hand riding ATV. When are athletes going to realize you can't do shit like this during the season? I mean, you've had pro players in the past wreck their ATVs, out with concussions, having a hand amputated because of a wreck in the past. Dude, be smart and responsible. Don't be a dumbass. Oh, and you wouldn't believe, of course, I I tell you guys this every once in a while, I listen to a lot of New York sports radio, so I've heard a lot about this, and it's amazing to me the debate about whether or not this was a big deal or not. Like people who think that athletes should be allowed to do whatever they want on their downtime, regardless of how it could end up impact, like football players playing pickup basketball. Paul holding a freaking fireworks in his hands. There are people that are with us who say just, Put yourself in bubble wrap until you're done your playing. We've talked or about this. Or at least wait till the offseason when you at least would have time to heal. But we've talked about this when it comes to reckless behavior, physical reckless behavior like this, whoring around, screwing around with women. You have got a small window when it comes to how much time and money you can make in the NFL. You should be able to, once you get the privilege, and you sign that first contract, you know, from 22 until probably 32 at best. I got my prime earning years. Go to go to practice, go to training camp, go to OTAs, and then go to your goddamn hotel room or your home, play video games, 
take care of yourself. Don't do stupid shit like this to jeopardize your future and let the team down. But there's other people that say, no, they should be able to get to do whatever they want. They're human beings. Then you know what? They forfeit their pay. They yep, forfeit exactly. their pay. You do something And they like should that. forfeit their goddamn health care, too. You pay for the medical bill. Why should we pay as the Giants? Oh, no, if we're paying your health care for that, but guess what? You get paid no money while you're out. Screw that. Make him pay the medical bills, too. He did not sustain an injury based on his football activities. Ugh. That'll do it, kids. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the Conquistador Day Fight. We'll check, see you at the weekend edition. Check out that weekend edition. You know you want to. Saturday morning. We'll see you then. Take care.